In the early 80s, back in Ghana, there was uh, an extensive bushfires that devoured the food crops, and so there was famine in the country. And I remember very well, I think I was in the high school, and uh, developed world decided to send food aid to Ghana. In my little village, there was uh, this Church of Christ, and the Church of Christ in America sent a lot of rice and uh, uh, oil uh, to various churches uh, of Church of Christ in Ghana. And I remember very well in my village when those food came in, their church was packed. But then when things returned to normal, all those people left the church. So I wonder whether they went to the church for the sake of salvation or they went to the church for the sake of food. Today Jesus says that we should not labor for bread that does not endure, but we should labor for the bread that endures for eternal life. And this is exactly what happens in the first reading and the gospel. The Hebrews were slaves in Egypt and God performed wonders through the hands of Moses and Aaron to liberate them from the bondage of forced labor, suppression, and oppression in Egypt. When they got to the Red Sea, they couldn't cross, and they could see their enemies pursuing them, but the Lord made a way for them while they walk on dry shore land through the water, the Egyptian cohort got drawn in the water. When they were thirsty, after getting to the other side of the sea, the Lord made water come out of the rock for them to drink. Looking at all the signs that were performed, that made Pharaoh say, you can go. Looking at the miracle that was performed that saved them from the clutches of Pharaoh and his soldiers, the miracle God performed to bring them water, they were still not appreciative of God's power and providence they began to complain again for lack of food. They desired to go back to Egypt for they said, even in Egypt, we were eating to our fear. We would have even wished to die there rather than to die in this wilderness. And the writer says that they complained, they murmured against Moses and Aaron to the hearing of God that tells you how intense their revolt was. They talked about food in Egypt, but
But one thing they forgot to talk about was the forced labor, the slavery, the suppression, the oppression of the people. You know, the Lord was leading them to freedom, <clears throat> leading them to the promised land, which is not, so to speak, a real estate, but it is to be in encounter with God. Because being on the promised land was punctuated by the fact that they will observe the laws and commandments of God. In other words, if they will listen to God, but as the Lord was looking to their welfare, they were more satisfied and having nostalgia to their past. That is what happens to so many Christians today. We find ourselves in some form of bondage and slavery to sin, even though the Lord has liberated us from slavery to sin and destruction and set us on the road to eternal life, we still find something attractive about our former way of life. Beloved, do not be attracted to your old destructive way of life, but hold on to what St. Paul tells us in the second reading today. You must give up your old way of life. You must put aside your old self, which gets corrupted by following illusory desires. Your mind must be renewed by a spiritual revolution so that you can put on the new self that has been created in God's way, in the goodness and in the holiness of truth. Although the desert or wilderness is a dry and deserted area, it is spiritually a place where God provides and sustains his people with power. He rained down bread from heaven and sent quails as meat for them to eat. The desert is a place of divine encounter. That is where God wants you to be and not back in Egypt where you have all to eat yet remain a slave. I don't want you to look at Egypt from the political state of Egypt. I want you to look at Egypt as a spiritual metaphor of what the world has to offer as opposed to what God has to offer. God is offering them life of peace, life, you know, that, that, that endures, and they are looking back to what the world has to offer. In the same way that God is liberating us through the passion, death, and resurrection of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Yet we slip into our old life, our old ways of life again, because we have the nostalgia for our past. We love to be in slavery to the world, although we might have a comfort that is only short-lived. Dearly beloved, no matter how dry your desert is at the moment, it is far better than your spiritual Egypt. The Lord can rain down bread and send quails for you. When the Lord acts, he acts in a miraculous way. You know, the manna that came, you know, we, we think and we have come to believe that it is bread because that's what Moses says. 
That's the bread that the Lord is going to give you. But I wonder if manna is the bread they knew. If they knew that it was bread, which was indeed their staple food, they wouldn't have asked Moses, what is this? And when they say, what is this? That is manna. Manna, what is this? So the question they put to Moses regarding what the food was became the name because there's no name for the food they were not used to it it is a miraculous food manna and it was miraculous because when you gather it doesn't matter the amount you gather if you want to hoard it it perished the next day it went bad you couldn't use it but surprisingly if you took a double portion on a friday the next day sabbath it was still good. That tells you that food was a miraculous food sent by God for people who were on a journey. It was the ideal food for their journey. The Egyptian food only satisfied their physical hunger and even the manna that was rained from heaven was only a physical food for their journey. There is, however, a different kind of hunger this food cannot satisfy. That is why Jesus said in our gospel reading, do not work for food that cannot last, but work for food that endures to eternal life. The kind of food the Son of Man is offering you, for on him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Jesus, indeed, is the real bread from heaven. The people looked for Jesus because they had all they wanted to eat, not because they believed in him. Because last week we were told that Jesus fed 5,000 men and I did a little bit of digression and said if indeed there were 5,000 men, probably there were 6,000 ladies and probably a thousand or two thousand kids. But when they, fed, they, they got to their field, there were two, twelve baskets left over. And so the people knew that there were leftovers. And so when they went there the next morning, Jesus was gone. So where could he be? They saw there was only one boat there. So they got another boat and then they followed him. Why were they following him? They have a free dinner. And today, they want a free lunch. And so they follow him. And Jesus knew their intention. And he says, you are not following me because you understood the sign. You are not following me because the sign was to induce faith in you and that you have faith in the Son of Man. No. You know, that's why John's Gospel does not use the word miracle. It's not the power work of God. It is the significance of God's work. So it was supposed to reveal to them that Jesus is the one sent. He is the Messiah sent to liberate them. But they were looking for earthly food rather than seeking their salvation. They are like those village folks of mine who decided to flood the Church of Christ church in, in the village 
for the food that will fill their bellies and not the food of eternal life. Jesus tells us, seek the bread that leads to eternal life. Many Christians are deceived today because they want to remain in Egypt because of comfort. But Jesus tells us today that he is the real food from heaven, not the one they ate in the desert. He is the food that satisfies spiritual hunger. He is the food, the real bread that endures to eternal life. You know, we want our comfort. Yeah. A lot of us are still sleeping. And today, I know people who are going to be in the car to watch the Olympics all day. The pews are empty. Are we looking for the old Egypt or are we looking for the bread of life? If we need the bread of life, we would be here because we cannot get the bread of life anywhere except through the Eucharistic celebration. And that should be our priority. Don't you believe that? Yes. yes. I think I'm talking to the wrong people because you are here. <laughs> I'm talking to the wrong people. The ones that are here. But I want you to be the missionaries and the evangelizers who carry the message to your brothers and your sisters and your friends and your neighbors. And I know you'll do it. At Mass, we have the opportunity to eat the real bread from heaven the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the Eucharist, God is present. Spirit, body, soul, and divinity. The Eucharist is God's gift to the church, and he invites us to become what we eat. And that is what we talk about when we say communion. We become configured with Christ when we receive the Eucharist because we are who we consume. And it is only the grace of God because it is a sacramental food. And every sacrament is an opportunity of grace to be able to lead the divine life. So when we come to the Eucharist and consume Christ, the bread of life, we are no more the same. There should be a transformation. Our life should be Christ's life, not the old petty lifestyle that we have followed become used to and feel nostalgia for the life that we slip into once a while. No. Dearly beloved, the Eucharist is meant to satisfy our spiritual hunger. It is food for our journey to eternal life. It is not a food eaten with just mouths, but it's eaten with faith. As we celebrate this Sunday, Beloved, let us renew our commitment to follow Jesus, not because of mere food, but because he is the only way to the Father. And if you have decided to follow Jesus on the way to eternal life, I will love that. You don't turn back to the old way. Don't turn back to your old Egypt. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.
said to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Beloved, it's a wonderful place to be when you come to the Eucharist. And if you have decided to follow Jesus, the only way, the life, the truth, eternal life, please. Don't turn back and slip to your old ways of life that bring about suppression and destruction. May the Holy Spirit help us to remain faithful and loyal to God as we make our journey. Amen. Amen. Amen.